0: Good morning, sweet world. How are you feeling and how are you breathing? Thank you so much for being here with me on season two of Extra Ice. You know, I just wanna preface that I'm so grateful for the internet. I've always been one to believe that connection is through the soul and through energy. And over the last, I would say, a good solid seven to eight years, I've connected, yearned and longed for Really sought out such beautiful connections with people I haven't even met in real life yet. And I truly believe that those connections are some of the most special ones to me. I think there's something to be said about connecting with someone you've never met physically. And I really want season two of Extra Ice to encompass that energy. Because season two is stories, it's storytelling, it's learning and listening to beautiful stories and beautiful journeys of incredible souls that I've had the pleasure to chat with and that I look forward to sharing with you. Um, I guess today we'll start off with a beautiful friend of mine who I've known since, maybe it's been almost two years now. Wow, time really does fly. (laughs) He is such a beautiful soul, a beautiful friend, someone who is so hilarious and (laughs) we bond over a lot together. His name is Sean Garrett of Sean Garrett Skin. I'm very thankful that we had the opportunity to have such a beautiful conversation and chat for this episode. Uh, It's very emotional. It's funny. It's hilarious. But we really get to know Sean. And that's all I wanted. Because, I mean, you know, when you talk to someone on a daily basis, you know, you get to know them. But I think when you really sit down with someone and kind of open them up, In a very safe space and open yourself up to also get to know them there's vulnerability there's emotion i mean there's emotion in literally everything we do but there's that vulnerability aspect that comes into play that i think is so beautiful and i think that should be normalized more because you know in life it's scary sometimes to open ourselves up to people we don't know because i don't know who'd be listening to this But at the end of the day, the human experience is so valid and so important. And Sean's story is so valid and so important. And I really wanted to um, share that and amplify that on this episode with you and get to know him because he's such a beautiful soul. And this episode is really beautiful, too. So, Sean, I love you, baby. The doll. This is a tale of two dolls featuring my lovely friend Sean Garrett. Hi. How are you, my love? I'm so good.
1: Yes, I've had two cocktails.
0: I saw your Instagram before. <laughs> Mike, did you? You took a mojito. Too.
1: <laughs> Girl, I like I literally was walking home and I had picked up two mojitos and I was like, I need to relax.
0: What's Sean's drink of
1: choice? My drink of choice is usually, like, tequila and, like, something, like, fruity, but, mm. like, clear. So, like, <laughs> seltzer water, but, like, flavored in some type of way. Usually, like, tequila and soda and lime. Um, like, my old, like, thought drink <laughs> used, to <be laughs> used to be, like, apple ciroc and sugar-free Red Bull. Like, that was my thought drink when I was, like, 19. 2013. Apple Ciroc, Sugar Free Red Bull, Dream Nightclub, New York City, the girls know. <laughs> so I lived, I moved to New York for like the first official, well, like the first official time I moved to New York, mm-hmm. I was like three years old. Wow. And me and my mom moved uh, to Brooklyn for like a month and she was like disgusted and had to leave. Oh. <laughs> and then like when I was like 22, I moved back to New York which was also a disaster. <laughs> but Aww. then um, I left. And so like, I officially became like back in New York this year in January.
0: Love. Well, we're going to definitely get into your whole journey and everything. And I'm really excited to be talking with you right now. You're a person that I've really looked up to for a long time. And, you know, for people that don't know, we, we've, we haven't met in person yet, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've known you for a while and we met Same. online and it's so special. It's been what, two years that we've known each other. Yeah. Really. I remember like, kind of in the first DMs, like when we started speaking to each other.
1: (laughs) I know, it was like an instant connection.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm very thankful for you. um, Today, we're going to just, you know, chat about who Sean is, why, you know, you kind of went into this path of skincare. And I really want to talk about, you know, the contrast of how our esthetician journeys are. You know, I'm a white esthetician and you're a Black esthetician. And there's a lot of conversation to be had that I also started on my end, Um, you know, a a week or two ago. And I just would love to chat about that with you. Sean and I are also going to play a few questions from one of my favorite games called We're Not Really Strangers, which is a beautiful way to be vulnerable with each other and um, get to know each other and, you know, just break down the walls. I feel like asking questions to your friends and just getting to know them on another level rather than what you think you know is very important. Mm -hmm. So come curious, leave connected. (laughs) Um, So the first question I want to ask you is, how are you really? Um,
1: I'm like in a weird place. Like I'm good, but I'm in like a weird transitional place. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's like a lot going on, lots of feelings, lots of decisions to be made. And I don't know, just kind of like I'm always an introspective person like I'm a Virgo so I'm always thinking about like what's next and kind of not what's now Mm -hmm. but um I think now I'm thinking about what's now and how I feel right now and like where I want to be and how I want to feel right now like I've always been like I grew up mostly as like an only child Mm -hmm. like I my mom didn't have my second brother until I was like 11 or 12 so I've pretty much grew up by myself to care of myself, like, low-key raised myself, because, you know, like, when you grow up with, like, a single parent, you kind of become, like, independent really quickly, mm-hmm. but I've kind of always, like, I guess, like, escaped in my own dreams, and that kind of made me, like, introspective, or kind of, like, I just focused on myself and my dreams and my goals and not really kind of see reality as, like, what it was at that time, but now it's, like, I'm starting to like reach my goals and have some of my dreams come true. And a lot of it is affected by the reality that we're in now. And so, especially with my work, um, it's just like, I can't be as introspective. Like I have to use my voice for something greater and to kind of share my perspective on things and my thoughts and not be so like closed off, which is kind of hard.
0: I can also imagine, you know, thank you for sharing that with me, but I can also imagine how, you know, skincare is something you think of Sean, you think of skincare, right? But there's just so much more beyond skincare. And I think, I don't, I don't even want to say you've done a great job, but I think you've, you've just instilled that in your audience and me. I feel like we can come to it. Everyone can just come talk to you. And mm-hmm. it's just, you're a safe space. You're a really safe space. And you really like, admit that with your audience I find I really thank you yeah it's true
1: <laughs> I feel like sometimes like uh when I think about like my my presence or my um not even like my aesthetic but just how I present myself on Instagram like I feel like I'm almost like I'm off as like fake like oh. people think like I live as like, I live, like, some perfect life, and, like, I have this perfect skin, and da 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 And it's, like, yeah, those things are true. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <but> <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't show as much of my life, or probably, like, even, like, 80% of, like, my personality. Again, that kind of comes from, like, the introspectiveness. Like, I don't share a lot. Um, I think if you follow me, like, on Twitter, you'll kind of get, like, little glimpses of that. Mm-hmm. But, for, like, the most part, I feel like... I'm, like, pretty controlled because I'm always aware of, like, my audience and my space. And I want people to kind of feel as comfortable as possible and not always kind of, like, bring them into the reality. Because, like you said, like, sometimes people come to your page or your content for an escape. Mm -hmm. Especially for, like, you because, you know, you have this very, like, dreamland kind of aura about you. And so... When we do kind of have these moments, like now we have to speak about like real issues going on Mm -hmm. and things that affect us and everybody around us and how we almost have to use our voices to affect some type of change. It kind of breaks that, you know, escape a little bit, but it's like, I want a good balance of things. Mm -hmm. Even just like the way like I shoot and present my photos. It's like. I'm like kinda over like super edited things, like I kinda just want like natural, raw images, but like at the same time I love the fantasy of that we can create through like skincare and our creativity and aesthetic.
0: Um did someone sign you a book deal? <laughs> no you really have a way with your words I don't know if I've told you that but you have a beauty like besides your captions like you really are a great storyteller truly yeah like I'm just in a trance listening to you yeah um yeah (laughs) for me
1: it's vital I can't live without my escapism Mm -hmm. like my mom she's always like she will always me, like you live in a fantasy land like you need to think of reality and I'm like girl who wants to do that like <laughs> it's like I can have both but honestly like man like I honestly feel like everything that I've been able to accomplish this year in the past two years I've literally manifested 10 years ago wow. um even 20 years ago like I always wanted to own my own business work for myself always wanted to kind of work in like the beauty fashion kind of area like I knew that's where my heart lies and where I would make my fortune from (laughs) if that fortune ever comes but oh
0: yes
1: (laughs) but um that is a very important part of my work because if I don't have some type of escapism it like weighs me down you know, like I'm easily I feel like I'm almost like a little bit of like an empath but I block it off a lot of times because like the littlest things like really do affect me and I don't really like let people know that so it's like for me it's important to kind of have like a little piece of my brain where I can go and like escape and dream and think about you know my life of you know away from this you know like what's next for me or things like that I'm a completely like different person now than I was 10 years ago I didn't really ever come from like a place of love, for me, a lot of things came from, like, a place of hurt, so even, like, my career, like, goals and things that I wanted to do, it was, like, to get back at people who, like, you know, fucked with me, or, like, people who thought I couldn't do something, it was always, like, coming from, like, a place of hurt and being hurt, I think now um, I've rectified a lot of that, so I come from more of, like, a place of love, but, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, also feel like I'm numb to a lot of things as well.
0: Very loving and caring person. And I just want you to know you deserve that care Thank and love you. constantly. Oh. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I know you give it to yourself, but I also recognize you and who you are as a person, as a Black person, mm-hmm. as a Black ascetician, a, a Black creator, and you are seen and heard and loved. And I will always tell you that. And, you know, you sharing to me, It's just like how I said, you know, to lead with love. It's just, I didn't know that you went through that when you were younger Mm -hmm. or whatever you just said. So it's just very interesting to see that we just really don't know what happens behind closed doors, right? right? For me, it's a little, it's hard because Mm -hmm. it's like,
1: it's, to be honest, I feel like on our platform, you see a lot of like performativity from people. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's like, Like I said in my last Instagram post, you know, like, where were you before? You know, where have you been? We've been talking about this. We've been screaming about this, shouting about this, crying about this for decades and centuries. And I do feel like our well, I say, like, our, but, like, the beauty community is so vast and big, but I think this industry Mm -hmm. is very shallow and vapid and very cold sometimes, and it's almost like a place where you're told you're not good enough, and these are the things that make you good enough. You know, even, like, Into the Gloss, like, it was my dream to be on Into the Gloss, like, My best friends know, Mm -hmm. like, I would literally, like, practice my interview for my top shelf. And when that actually did happen, it was, like, it was amazing. But it also felt a little empty because it's just, like, I know what that platform meant for me being younger. And now, like, kind of at almost 30 years old, you know, I'll be 29 this year. It's, like, it doesn't... It has a different meaning for me. Um, and I say that because, like, with Into the Gloss and, like, just like other, like, the Tour and other kind of beauty um, or fashion kind of, like, publications that feature people in their collections and their lives and their lifestyle, you know, it's very aspirational. But when you're like a little Black kid like me who comes from, you know, I come from a good family, but we don't have much. We didn't have much at a certain point in our lives. It's like these were the things I thought I had to have in order to be, you know, successful or to be pretty or to, you know, be beautiful, you know. And now when I actually got my chance to share my view on, like, Into the Gloss, it was like... I tried to make it as real as possible because I wanted people who like read my interview on my top shelf to be like, I can relate with him beyond just like my face and my color. Cause that's also rare, but also like with my story, my practices, my products, that was very important for me. And so for me with my platform, I try to make beauty as inclusive as possible. And that comes from inclusivity of um, race, sex, sexual orientation, um, gender identity, um, social economic background, you know, whether you can only afford $20 in products or $200. I try to provide solutions and options for you to be able to feel beautiful and feel included in our space. Yeah. That was a bit of a rant. <laughs>
0: that was, that was, uh, very necessary and we have a lot more to learn from you even just talking with you now hearing you know you're live with Funmi and hearing your journey into aesthetics as well I didn't know you were a makeup artist Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I know I hated it
1: like honestly like the last 10 years of my life have been like the -hmm. most like dramatic thing ever like to be honest like when I really think about like where I was five years ago It's such a different space and just like like I live a completely different life, to be completely honest. And it's like I, you know, I've like shared a little bit on Twitter, but again, like I'm very private with a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. usually I'll share um, like when it just kind of like comes to me, because sometimes you just have those moments of like reflection or you just kind of like dwell on like, wow, like I really came from this. But my journey into, like, makeup and really that led me into skincare was that I wanted to work in fashion. I've always wanted to be a fashion editor. Like, my dream job was to be an accessories editor at, like, L or W Magazine. Like, when when I was young, like, I used to collect um, W Magazine. Like, that was, like, my favorite fashion magazine because it was the perfect balance of, like, art and society and fashion and luxury and how those were, like, intersected into, like, just a lifestyle that we all kind of dreamed of. And so, like, I honestly learned a lot about, like, art, art history, New York society and fashion, and that's kind of how, like, I dreamt my dream world up, like, what I wanted to be a part of, like, what I identified with. And when I moved to New York in 2013, that was kind of like my first test of kind of um, seeing if I had what was, what it was cut out to be in fashion. And uh, <laughs> it, was mm-hmm. ex- like, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite the experience. feel like this is a show. It was quite the experience. It pretty much, I came to the conclusion that I would probably never be, accepted for who I am and have the career that I want in the fashion space. Um, it was very clear that if you didn't come from money, if you were not white, if you were not privileged, if you could not afford to work for free five days out of the week and be available nonstop, that a career in fashion was either not logical or <laughs> um, or you would almost have to kill yourself to get there. And I think like I worked for like a PR and fashion showroom and so I got to help a lot with like the arm galas and we did um like we did one of the Beyonce videos pretty hurts where we sourced like 50 latex bodysuits. Um we dressed Broadway actresses, models, so like we did everything. Um I wow. even was like I was even like a coat girl for like all our fucking events. It was like really <laughs>
0: we love we love really every part of the journey
1: <laughs> um wow. but it was it was it was a learning experience and when it got to the point where I'm like I couldn't afford because I was working two jobs and doing an internship in New York and this came to a point where, like I couldn't really I couldn't keep up and I was super like disappointed and like um beating myself up about it because I just felt like a failure and so when I came home I was like you know what like I'm done with fashion. Like, I just want something else. Like, I want to move on. And I was like, but I still love to create and want to do like photo shoots and things like that. Um, So I like found a photographer in a studio and I couldn't afford to pay a makeup artist. So I literally got a job at Ulta and Mm. I used that literally to like get makeup like half off and to teach myself how to do makeup. And then from there, like I completely fell in love with beauty. So I started working for brands. I started working for spas, doing trainings. And my last like spa job, um, actually not my last spa job, like the spa job that I had before I was like an esthetician was kind of solidified that, like, this was my space. And that, um, like, beauty, wellness. Not really wellness, because I don't really give a shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> what even is wellness
0: nowadays? I mean. I mean <laughs> I
1: but, um, but basically, like, makeup. So at the time, I was working with, like, skin and I was working for Smashbox. And I was doing bridal makeup. Ooh. And, you know, like, you know, I thought I was the shit. You know, the girls loved me. They always, like, were complimenting me, loved my, because, my Aww. beauty was always, like, a natural, like, gorgeous, like, supermodel glam. Like, that was kind of, like, my thing. And I...
0: We want we want to see. We want to see.
1: <laughs> I would never show those pictures ever. Oh, my God. I tweeted, um, like, one, like, my first, like, test shoot with my friend who um, is actually, like, a really, like, famous hairstylist in L.A. And it was, like, everyone was, like, oh, my God, it's so cute. I'm, like, girl, her lash is halfway off her eye, but... <laughs> ah! Love <laughs> but when I moved to LA,
0: Aww.
1: um, that's where I kind of like went full fledged. I was like, I'm determined to be a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing about me, like when I put my mind to something, I go full on. Like, I create a whole goal and checklist of the things I want to do within that career and the things that I want to accomplish. So when I moved to New York, I was I'm not New York, LA. I was super mm-hmm. um. Like focus on being a makeup artist. Like I would practice on my roommate every single day. Like her face was probably beat red from me taking off eyeliner and brows sixteen times a day.
0: Call it a doll from that Literally. day. honey. and we'd we
1: like photo shoots on like on our roof and our balcony. Like it was no. like the whole thing. But from there, I met um, one of my best friends, Mariama, and she's a celebrity hairstylist in Los Angeles. And she used to do, like, Kylie Jenner's hair, um, Jordan Wood's hair, and a lot of, like, almost every influencer girl, she's done their hair. Um,
0: Wonderful.
1: And so I started assisting her, because I was poor, and I needed money. And so then I started to become a, a hair assistant slash makeup artist. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Sean!
1: Wow! <laughs> <laughs> um, so it just kind of, like, wow. went on from there. I did a hair camp, two hair campaigns with a brand, where I did makeup, and it was amazing. And then, it was time for that to end. <laughs> I got to the point where like, I knew I was doing makeup for like two years at that point, from 2015 to like 2017. And I was like, okay, like I'm realizing this is not my passion. I hate doing makeup clients. Um, it was hard to like, make consistent money doing makeup and pay my bills. And mm-hmm. all of my clients would always be like, you need to be an esthetician. Like you always tell me about my skin. You have like the best skin. You have the best products. You need to go to school for skin. And it wasn't like I left Atlanta, um, left LA and I moved to Atlanta with my mom to kind of like refocus like what was next for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because I was like really lost at that point. Like I just didn't know what what like my life was leading to. It's like Inside, I knew I was destined to do something great and to be successful in something, but I had like no clear vision of where my life was going. Literally, until I enrolled in esthetician school, and everything just kind of like came together. Literally, like I literally feel like I found like my purpose and my path when I enrolled into esthetic school because everything just kind of came together. After that. But everyone listening. Oh, mangers. and in L.A. Smiling. <laughs> in L.A. for extra. So, like, I used to manage a jewelry boutique. Because also, we also share that love of, like, jewelry, accessories. We love jewels. We do. Jewels. And we, we love, love <laughs> Um, I used to manage a uh, jewelry boutique in Beverly Hills. And it was like this, oh. it was, um, this brand called Una Day 50 and they made like really gorgeous, like handmade jewels that were based out of Milan. Oh my
0: gosh. Yes. yes yeah. I know so I
1: used to run yes. the store in Beverly Center and Beverly Hills and the close the store ended up closing. And so I had no fucking job. And so I was like, okay, what am I oh, going to no. do? Like I started the people this apartment <laughs> and that's how I started doing like hair assisting. I started really like freelancing for makeup, but also one of my best friends um Vaughn I met him when I moved to New York when I was like 22 and we've stayed close since then we're still best friends now and hi Vaughn (laughs) and um (laughs) like he's a stylist and so he started working with artists musical artists from Sony like um London on the track and like other rappers and singers and so he would be like Basically, give me jobs. Like, he would hire me as his assistant. And so, like, mm. I did my first music videos with director Colin Tilly when I moved to L.A. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Like, my first time being on, like, a video set. Ooh. I, I remember, like, the first, the first day of shooting, we were shooting in a strip club. And we, girl, it was a lot. But that's,
0: that sounds unbelievable to me like it was amazing like
1: we were fitting like strippers for like thongs and like fringe bikinis i was oiling the girls up and we were styling the rap artists at the time Ooh, yeah
0: okay this this was a whole era (laughs) yeah like i'm I'm
1: telling you like five years like no like three years ago
0: like my life was completely different like i was living a different life Sean Garrett, but you know what? Sean Garrett was always a doll. Always a doll. He was always a doll. We should
1: doll. name he this podcast messages. A Tale of Two Dolls.
0: <laughs> oh my. No, 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 That is literally. I had a lame title. I was going to be like, we're not really strangers. <laughs> <Sean Garrett. laughs> a Tale of Two Dolls. No, why am I crying in my mouth?
1: <laughs> the Doll History of Sean Garrett.
0: The d- the period. I love that for you. I love, I love, I love the stripper era. I love that yeah. you. You know what's nice too is that you. You told me both your best friends that you had. You know, with you with this mm. journey are still with you to this day. And isn't that wonderful to just feed off each other? It is. like I think that's so inspiring. Also, like it's really
1: hard, especially in. I think like in Los Angeles, that was the hardest time in my life, because. Mm -hmm. LA is so big but then it's also so small as well it's a very small kind of clicky town and so it was hard for me to make friends and I had like maybe like five good friends there but when you Mm -hmm. when you when you visit LA and when you live in LA it's like a completely different experience and so it was like really hard for me because I was alone a lot like I spent my 20th birthday literally alone crying on the floor (laughs) baby no like it wasn't the worst i spent new years alone i didn't go see my family for christmas or thanksgiving because i couldn't afford to fly back home like it was it was really hard but for me it made i rationalized it saying that you know like i'm chasing my dreams i also was running a store and that's how i paid my bills. so it was really really hard for me like it was really hard
0: it really breaks my heart to to hear that you spent those times alone when you when you you know couldn't be with other people, mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, those experiences have brought you to where you are today. But now I'm no rich one should ever fabulous. have to feel. No, I'm joking. Yeah, that was a beautiful like little life journey in about fifteen minutes of explaining. Yeah. And the
1: sad part is that's not even half of it. That's oh, going to be uh, in the memoir. We're like it. we
0: do the foreword. <laughs> oh no! That, if that is the biggest honor, please, you I you know the name please. of my memoir,
1: right? No.
0: <laughs> what what
1: is it? Okay, I have two. Oh.
0: One is gonna be about
1: my um tumultuous love life. And oh. that one is called <laughs> um writing in town cars with boys. And so that will come out first. <laughs> and then Uh-oh. like my official like memoir, like when I'm like 45 years old, not only wear Azadina mm-hmm. Laia and walk barefoot and wear Riposte jewels. <laughs> then I'll pu- <laughs> I'll publish um from Bottle Girl to Beauty Mogul, the story of Sean Garrett. Oh my <laughs> so I literally went from a bottle girl.
0: I to Beauty love Mogul. that. <laughs> I'm I I'm gonna listen back at this in like how many every year. And I'm truly I'm gonna I'm so proud already. I'm I'm excited. I have it in my head. I have it's all it's all happening. Listen, I it's love it. In the book. <laughs> you're very supportive towards your peers and your friends and I always feel that with you so it just it's great to have you um in my life which is like to say that we haven't met in person right. and I feel like sometimes you don't have to be the closest with someone but when you just have that little like connection and care mm-hmm. I think I don't know I value that a lot, I've met right? like, I've met right. like most of my
1: best friends through the internet like we've all grown up on the internet and I mm-hmm. met most of them like through MySpace or like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and now they're like my best friends. I speak to every
0: single day. That is very special. There's something to be said about long distance um, friendships mm-hmm. and relationships. <laughs> and next time I come to New York, we are gonna give each other biggest yes. hug because hugs are the best, aren't they? <laughs> yes, yeah, post Rona. Post Rona, truly. I I don't know about you, but I know you're not back at work yet. But I'm we never going started back. You're like, oh, sorry, girls. It's going to be through FaceTime. <laughs> we started yesterday, and, you know, the clients are coming in. There, Some of them aren't wearing masks, and I'm like, darling, mm. you got to go if you don't wear yeah, the mask. Yeah, you have to wear the mask. It's something, right? It's like you want to hug your clients, but you can't. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know about you, but I'm a very hug person. That's, that's affected me a bit. <laughs> I'm not a hugger. No? Like, I am, but, like, I'm also not.
1: I'm very weird about, like, people touching me. Like, it's just, like, a thing. But, like, it's only certain people that get to touch me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. But, well, keep in mind, I know this sounds weird, but, you know, hugs and touch. It's a transfer of energy. And I would love to actually, you know, segue into that when we talk about facials. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, giving a facial. It's very intimate. So intimate. Mm -hmm. Like, you, I don't know. Um, what you learned at school. But with me, my educator always told me after a facial to wash my hands with cold water and just shake, shake the energy off. And I I was like, okay, like, uh, and I would sometimes forget to just like, let go of the energy after a facial Mm -hmm. It would stick with me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about energy? No,
1: for sure. Actually, like, that's what kind of, at one point, I thought I couldn't, do in spa services anymore because mm-hmm. it was so emotionally taxing on me yep. um and it's i would have like clients like cry in my on my table um you know like tell me like their deepest darkest secrets i mean, mm-hmm. one client like i literally had to block off two hours of my time because like she just couldn't like she couldn't just come to herself you know like we had such a deep conversation and we were learning so much about each other but she also was using me almost as like her outlet and Mm. it's like I appreciate that people feel comfortable with me but it's also emotionally like a lot um for me like even like during my virtual consults um It's a lot because, you know, people are paying me for a service and they're looking for something for me and they are expecting me to deliver it. But it's also something that um, they're looking for something externally, but also something internally. So they're looking for something to fix their external issues that they have to help mend something internally. So where they're not feeling great about themselves, they feel down, they feel ugly, they feel like depressed, you know, like mm-hmm. skin is really connected to like your self-esteem and your confidence. Like it's what people see first. It's how you view yourself. You have to look at your face and your skin every morning. And so if you feel like you're not attractive or you feel ugly or beaten down or stressed out with your skin issues some that we honestly just cannot control right Um, right it's a lot when you seek help for that and then you kind of emotionally unload on your provider and it's like I'm always there for my clients like no matter what but I've had to learn um uh what is it, like a sense of detachment almost. Like a a
0: boundary almost? Like a boundary because
1: I would be too empathetic and Mm -hmm. it would just like, it would take over my whole day. And that's why I think I'm a bit of an empath, but I almost know how to like close it off Um, Mm -hmm. because if if it's too much, like, it, it will take over, like, my entire mood, and my being. And, and that's with good clients and bad clients. If we have, like, a really bad client experience where it's just, like, horrible mm. energy, that would, like, fuck the rest of my day up. It's
0: and isn't it crazy how you don't have to even be talking? Because, yeah, I mean, you're doing like, a face. It's the energy. It's the we touch energy. and we feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the
1: responses, the body movements, the tension. Like, I can feel tension in people's oh. body and their faces. You know, like, yep. just me asking simple questions and people's responses. I can tell the energy or the space that they're in. And for me, that's always confusing because, you know, I'm not really cheap. Like, um, you know, you have to pay like a cute little penny to come see me. So to have that kind of energy and to be paying for that kind of transference mm-hmm. is kind of confusing for me.
0: That's a very um interesting way you put it too, because I mean if they have the yes, they're looking for, you know, a service, but I think a facial is just more than that, right? Like oh, I yeah. think I mean, yesterday I had someone who I had never met before. She had messaged me to come get a facial, and for me, I always ask my my clients, "Do you want to? Do you want me to really inform you? Do you want it to be a talkative facial, or do you want it to be, you know, relaxing?" Because for me, I mean, this is just my preference. I don't want to talk during a facial. Like I, like, and I'll tell you my concerns, but I want to, you know, I like being calm. Yeah. But you know, with her, we spoke, and it was great energy. But sometimes, even if it's great energy. The esthetician, like, we have to be prepared for that right. because we're not always in the mood, right?
1: Right. We also are still human.
0: Um, right, And right. It's,
1: it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, like, my partner, Lily, we have the spa together. Yes. And we... We never work at the same time, so we never are in the spa at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, With our new space, we probably will be there some of the time. But we have very different, um, we provide very different, like, spa experiences. So, like, we're both Mm -hmm. results-driven, but Lily is very kind of, like, almost comes from, like, a medical point of view. Like, she has a nursing background. So she's very, very, like, medical, results-driven, you know, like, quick treatments like she wants to solve the issue like she's a problem solver which I am as well but I really enjoy the relaxation the massage Mm. the like transference of like taking your stress energy and putting in like my hopefully good and pure energy back into you and I just like the whole moments of the facial you know like you're gonna get results but you're also gonna have an experience so that's really important to me um Mm -hmm. but she's not really so much about the fluff so the fact we kind of (laughs) like we kind (laughs) of balance each other out like in that aspect um right and even like in my new space it's hard for me to kind of give that fluff because I have so much, like having my own business, I have more things at my fingertips and I can kind of create my own treatment plans and my own protocols. And so I'm Mm -hmm. kind of almost focused on results because I know that's what people are looking for. And I don't always get to give, you know, the massage and the fluff that I would want. I always feel like I'm not doing my clients justice. And that's just like something I have to like kind of work out in myself. I had no
0: idea um, you felt that
1: way. Yeah, like, sometimes I just, it's almost like, i spoke about it a little bit, like, having imposter syndrome. I'm like, mm-hmm. do I really know these things? <laughs> like, although, you know, I went to school, I've studied skin for almost five years now. It's like, you know, like, all my clients will be having these results. And it's like, I have the proof. You know, like, I have the emails and the photos and things like that. But it's like, mm. I don't know, sometimes I get a little self-conscious about it um and also you know like I'm friends with a lot of other estheticians and so sometimes like seeing how good their clients are doing and my clients might be doing just as well but sometimes I get like a little insecure about my own work which is kind of just like something I have to work out because I'm like that a lot honestly and I hate that about myself like I never think like I'm good enough or that my work is you know up to par um but yeah like I do feel like a little insecure
0: about that sometimes like a little imposter syndrome there's a result to every action we do mm-hmm. but I think as someone who you know people are really expecting like a result when they yeah. get a facial I I really appreciate you being open about that because I feel like a lot of people who work in our industry or, like as a statistician specifically you know it's inevitable you're going to mm-hmm. be nervous like I'm so scared that my client is going to come up to me and then be like I broke the hell out not because i haven't had a facial in forever but because your products that and i've i've had that like i've had
1: client experiences where like even like recently like in new york i had a client Mm -hmm. she had like fairly good skin but Mm -hmm. she was like very dull very dry had like very flaky skin um Mm -hmm. it was just like her skin was very flat like she wanted more radiance uh she wanted to look like me Yes. And, and <laughs> I mean, her words, I'm and, <laughs> on. and so like, I, you know, gave her like, you know, a doll experience, but um, because she had started like new products and we weren't um, aware of certain things that she was like a little allergic to or sensitive to, like she kind of broke out and it set her progress back a little bit. And so of course, being her esthetician, I felt super responsible for that. Although it's no way for me to know that she would have a reaction to this product because it's something that 200 of my other clients use every day with no issue. And then it just happens to be like with her, she had a reaction with it. But I Mm. still take that personally like, okay, I didn't do my job right. Although like she didn't feel that way, I took that in that way. And I almost become like overcompensative about everything like because I want the results because like when you go on Instagram like you see these amazing transformations and even though you're doing the work and your clients are having the results you do still feel that pressure like oh wow like why are my clients having these results why are this why are that and you like my clients have great results and great skin but it's almost just like that when you compare yourself to others you diminish yourself without even really realizing it
0: you know, I commend you for, I don't have to, but I still do because there's a lot of people that really don't acknowledge that you cannot be perfect, Mm -hmm. no matter what industry you're in, no matter what position you're in, right? Like there's no such thing as perfection. And you know, it is a, we do feel that overcompensating factor in a lot of things in life, right? Like, oh, maybe this person didn't feel it, but I did. And then it's like, you start to overthink mm-hmm. and then you go in a hole. And it's like that, it's, it could be that just one person. Listen, that's me. <laughs> right. That's why I almost
1: like, I kind of, I'm so sporadic with my virtual consults because I literally have to like separate myself from my work sometimes because I will mm-hmm. drive myself insane. I would say like the last it's a lot for me to kind of take in, seeing different clients with different skin types kind of every day. And it's a little bit tougher doing it virtually because I can't touch or feel their skin. And so I'm literally going off of the information that they're giving me and providing me based on their routine and just based off of really all of my knowledge that I've kind of gained and retained over the years of being a skin therapist. Um, but it can be a little nerve wracking because there are so many things on the market that kind of treat the same issue. And so you're kind of like always like, OK, what well, should I recommend this or should I recommend that or will this be the best or mm-hmm. this be the best? Like, it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot. And like, I really kind of just like have a talk with myself like, bitch, you know what you're doing relax yep. <laughs> like, your overthinking is normal and then like today I got like two emails from clients like my skin really looks fucking amazing like yes, thank you so yes. much like your routine changed my skin like thank you I'm gonna send you progress from pics in like another two weeks I'm like okay I do know what I'm doing I've been an esthetician for two years but I've been working like in the skincare and beauty industry for like yes. five to six years
0: and a lot can happen, especially yeah. in this day and age. So much happens, right? So, so honestly, like,
1: when I first started kind of like teaching myself about skin, so much has evolved like with just um, like formulas and the new science and new ingredients have like came out. And like it's like I didn't know what epiletic acid was five years ago. Like nope. <laughs> my, like my main like, acid was like glycolic and that was it like i used to be obsessed with glycolic acid and it's so funny because mm-hmm. now like my skin like can tolerate it but it doesn't love it as much and i've like mm-hmm. honestly like that's why i say like when i entered esthetician school it really kind of led me on a whole new path of just like um education and discovery and really like fed my need and my like obsession with skin and um, skincare ingredients and formulations. Like that really has become like my passion.
0: Like I learned about mandelic acid through you. Oh. Niacinamide is having a spotlight moment yeah. right now. What do you, what do you think? I love niacinamide. I think it's yes.
1: overused a lot. Like hyaluronic acid. It's like, now niacinamide nice is in our cleansers, our toners, our treatments, mm-hmm. our, even our hydrating serums, our moisturizers, our SPF, like, it's in everything. And I also think that's why some people, like, have, um, they think they're allergic to a certain ingredient, but usually it's a certain formula, Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important for people to understand, like, it's not always, you're not allergic or have an issue with niacinamide. It could be the formula that it's included in that could be, like, a little irritating or just not well-formulated. But there are people who definitely have, like, niacinamide sensitivities. Um, The same with, like, hyaluronic acid. There are some people, like, hyaluronic acid literally just, like, causes flushing and redness in their skin. Um, There are those people Um, But also, I think it comes from, like, an overuse of ingredients. You know, like, when your cleanser has hyaluronic acid, your toner has hyaluronic acid, you're using a hyaluronic acid serum that has four different types of hyaluronic acid. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. The the NIOD (laughs) multi-molecular um hyaluronic serum i mean that has like eight nine different types of hyaluronic acid so but it's like one of the
0: best honestly i know you love that yeah. i got the mist because of you oh yeah the um, hyaluronic one yeah i you still love it right <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a it's it looks very good and the flavonoid oh, yeah. is that what you call yeah is it flavonoid or flavonoid girl i don't know i don't know i'm like i'm lazy to go check yeah but um i know you love that serum Mm -hmm. and is there anything actually that's on your radar right now like what's your star product right now on june 16th right (laughs) now like yes
1: i feel like my skin hair has like really like fucking elevated like i'm just i'm really feeling Mm -hmm. that girl right now because i feel like i found like the (laughs) products that Like my skin is just loving and I don't plan on changing for like quite a bit. Um, Of course, because of like my job and what I do on Instagram and then also just being an esthetician, I try so many things. And so for me, it's more about ingredients than like a particular brand or a particular like product. Um, I'm still like obsessed with mandelic acid. I'll always be obsessed with it. But um, I'm really into, like, epidermal growth factors, um, antioxidant-rich products like CoQ10, um, phytic mm. acid, resveratrol, copper peptides. Like, that's kind of, like, where I'm, like, my skin is loving. Um,
0: advanced all, advanced, advanced all.
1: Advanced all. And also, like, you know, I'm starting to age. Well, you can't tell, but I'm aging. Um, I still look 18, thank God. A lot of girls can't relate, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like I just want like my skin to like healthier, better,
0: right? Um, yeah.
1: And honestly, it started during quarantine. Like I had like a really bad like reaction, breakout, like barrier issue, and like mm-hmm. through like fixing my repairing my skin barrier and like testing new ingredients and things. Like it's
0: been really like my skin has been the best it's been in a long time. I really love that for you. I really, really, really love that for you. Quarantine fucked uh, our skin very, Literally. very hard. hard. <laughs> um, I mean, my barrier was, like, a mess the first week. Mm-hmm. I mean. Like, I had, like, the... little bumps everywhere. Like, it was incredible. Same. Yep. It was texture town on, <laughs> I mean, it was really But really you know intense. what changed but... my skin? What? Um,
1: that... Polish choice treatment, the 20% niacinamide which, treatment. Sean,
0: I'm obsessed. That
1: really did change my skin. Lo- I'm not gonna lie. Same. That, oh, I love that. That's and then I was doing, I was like super consistent. So I was doing um mm-hmm. the the PCA total strength serum, which is an epidermal growth factor rich serum. And epidermal growth factors really just help like feed like the collagen proteins and rebuild like the Building blocks of your skin, and to help like synthesize uh, new collagen formation. So they're really good for like wound healing, if you have um, like acne scarring or um, atrophic um scarring from like cystic acne things like that it really does help so the pca one is like a good starter one the neon modulating glucosides is like a life-changing
0: yes and you love <laughs>
1: love like i'm on my third bottle i do like i can never go without i can never it's a
0: staple it's a it's staple so now, good. considering your test so much yeah. right also um, the
1: key I'm... is like not exfoliating too much also
0: I recommend a solid one to two times a week, a good exfoliant. What do you recommend usually? Mm,
1: I do about, usually about two to three, depending on what kind of exfoliant it is.
0: Yeah, And then I course. usually
1: do like one night retinol.
0: Okay. You see, I haven't. I've never tried retinol. I've never tried retinol yet. I don't yet. think it's don't,
1: necessary for everyone. That's um, what I'm
0: saying. It's like people always want to want to try something when they yeah. don't need to.
1: Yeah. It's like it's something like for me, retinol is definitely a staple because it helps a lot with my hyperpigmentation and also the texture and just kind of the resilience of my skin. My skin, like my retinol and my copper peptides, really help with like the resilience and the firmness of my skin. Mm. Um. But I'm, like I said, I've been using chemical exfoliants probably for 10 years now, and so I'm pretty advanced with them, but can still, like, yeah. fuck up my skin. Um, but, like, last night, I did the Dr. Dennis Growth um, Extra Strength uh, Beta pill Pads. I've never tried them yet. (laughs) I'm obsessed. Like, those, like, it's, like, a weekly treatment. Or, like, I'll tell my clients, use them, like, three times a month. You don't need Mm -hmm. to do them every day. Like, they're not something you need to use every day. Although they say daily. What? Yeah, they say to you, right? Oh come on.
0: Come on. <laughs> um
1: but yeah, like I did that last night. So like tonight I probably won't. I'll just do like antioxidants, the niacinamide treatment, something like that. And then tomorrow I'll probably do like a uh, retinol, then do like a hydrating night, and then do like something like a gentle exfoliant, like uh the vivant uh mandelic serum, or I'll do like the deviant skin, gentle resurfacing liquid, like something. That will still give me that uh, resurfacing, but be super gentle and also, like, hydrating as well.
0: I've heard good stuff about Deviant Skin Care, actually. It's
1: really good. It's, like, it's mm-hmm. it's just a headache to kind of get here in the States. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with, like, COVID. Like, the shipping has just been, like, kind of all over the place. But the products are really, really good.
0: Too much stuff. Too much stuff. I know. <laughs> I'm like shipping things to my boyfriend because really? he lives in New York. Yeah. And he's just shipping it back to me. It's so well, you know, in Canada, the shipping is crazy, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm just like, babe. He's like, what is this? And I'm like, ah, just take it and ship it to me right now. Is he into skincare? <laughs> he loves. He he loves. He has his SPF in the morning. Yes. He Does his double cleanse? Yeah. He's, but he's he's really open minded to everything in life. And I think when he met me, that's rare for just, a man. Just, do you, do you really? <laughs> I'm like, I, I just feel like I'm I'm tired. Like I went to get a coffee today, and the barista was like, he's like, well, can I come do a manicure? And I'm like but why are you asking right. he's like well i'm a guy and i'm like while well, i'm getting coffee like what's the, what's the difference <laughs> like it's just it's just so crazy to me how to this day it's like you're still like people are still putting this narrative that gender roles oh, like, and it's just in aesthetic specifically it's just Everyone should, and every and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on this are. Men and women don't need a separate skincare routine, although I did hear you talk about um, with like whoever has a beard, or if someone has a beard, like you treat it a bit differently, but it's mm-hmm. essentially just hydrate like moisturizing and hydrating, you would say, right? But well, with
1: men. Like, men's skin tends to be, like, a little bit thicker, mm-hmm. um, traditionally more oilier, and a little bit more resilient because of the testosterone and the hormone, mm-hmm. the androgen hormones that they have. So it tends to be a little bit more resilient and less hormonal than women's, but also that's not for ev- the case for every single, um, like, man. Mm-hmm. I tend to feel, like... I love my male clients because they're so easy to do. <laughs> you know, I like can give them like the most basic routine because you're usually not jumping through so many kind of hormonal factors that can kind of come right. with um, like your female clients. But I definitely think like you and your boyfriend, if you have like similar skin types and similar issues, you could probably have the same skincare routine. But the things that were different is like if he shaves or trims his beard, he would be a little bit more... Um, a little bit more active with the exfoliants because when you are, when you do have facial hair, you do need to like exfoliate that area. Um, Quite often, or just have like a consistent routine with it because, in grown hairs, yeah. skin kind of grows over the hair follicles very quickly, um, razor bumps, things like that. So, you just have to kind of treat those areas a little bit more consistently
0: and intentionally. I had to explain the importance of sunscreen to him mm. as a person of color. You know, people still think you don't need to wear sunscreen. And I, I you know, I think also urging the importance of that to anybody is. <laughs> Crucial when it comes to sunscreen yeah but him learning with me is really fun so I don't know I love it I love it
1: <laughs> my ex-boyfriend I bought him like a whole skincare routine and he was so uncomfortable oh, <laughs> because no. he was just like he's like I'm not like used. well one he's not like used to getting gifts I guess um no. <laughs> well he'll never get another gift from me so he doesn't worry about that but he's, yeah. um <laughs> But um, he just wasn't, like, used to kind of have, like, such a consistent routine. Like, he would use, like, maybe, like, a scrub here and there, Mm -hmm. like, a face wash at night. But, like, people always ask me, like, not to be, like, like self-centered, but, like, people ask me about my skin a lot. um, And they want to kind of know my routine. But it's hard for me to kind of, like, recommend or talk about my routine in depth because it's very... It's a lot. Like, I use a lot of shit. But yep. also my skin looks the way it does because of that. Like, I really take extra, extra care of my skin. And I do kind of make my skin a priority. One, because, like, I make money with my face. Like, my skin really is, like, the selling point for my business. And, <laughs> like, my social presence. Like, it has, you know, it kind of puts money in my pocket. And, like, keeps me looking like I know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> But... <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so, like, when people kind of see my routine, they feel like they have to do the same thing. And you really do not. Like, mm-hmm. I probably... My routine is only the way it is because I have so many things. So, I do have that luxury of being able to try and have so many things at my fingertips. But you do not need, like, a 15, 20-step routine. I would say, like, seven steps, like, at the most, honestly. Or, like, the least. Like, six to seven steps. It's, like, people want to almost... <laughs> prove you wrong but like they'll right. ask you how like how do you get your skin the way it is but then want to prove you wrong so that's not the like girl what you're
0: like no 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 i can't do it i can't do it can't right do it. i'm like can you like, listen nobody, <laughs> like
1: that's like honestly like that's like the worst part of twitter for me like Aww. i'll tweet some i remember like i literally got like dragged no, like dragged because I tweeted I didn't even say anything I literally tweeted like a video of like three glosses that like I love like clear glosses and like I got almost I think that tweet has like almost like 14,000 retweets and like
0: what happened
1: um like I was saying like um what the hell did I say I said keep your lips moisturized and like had a video of me um With, like, three glosses. Like, one was from M Cosmetics, Fenty, and then Marc Jacobs Lip Oil. Mm -hmm. And people are like, those are just glorified lip glosses. You do not need these. You can go to the dollar store. And I'm like, okay, girl, but I'm not. Okay? I never said you had to buy these. I never said this is what you need to have good, juicy, moisturized lips. (laughs) These are just things that I like. And I find I'm, like, people don't get that concept that, like, I like what I like, but just because I like it doesn't mean it's something that you have to do or you have to buy. No, I'm sh- People come to me because they want to know my opinion and the things that I like. And that's what I share.
0: Now I think Sean and I are going to get to know each other on a little deeper level by playing We're Not Really Strangers. So Sean has not seen these questions and we could kind of go back and forth. But Sean, I'm going to ask you the first one I randomly pulled. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... <laughs> what parts of yourself do you see in me
1: (laughs) um your taste oh you have really amazing taste in products um home decor jewelry fashion we definitely connect on that level I feel like my music like taste isn't as up to par (laughs) as yours
0: stop
1: (laughs) but I definitely love because, you know, like, the girls always know, like, the cute indie brands that you don't really know. You're like, oh, my God, like, you know. But I always find, like, new music through you and definitely, Thank like, good jewelry, for sure.
0: We share a lot of love with jewelry, I think. We do. We do. And you introduced me to Ben Ani. I think, mm-hmm. I'm hoping I said Ani right. but Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, which, beautiful jewels as well as a Black-owned brand that I'm mm-hmm. very excited to discover. We were actually talking before you we did this podcast when really I, yeah we were dming a bit so I have she's to...
1: relaunching soon i'm super excited we All we right. want to do like a little collab soon as well on a piece so maybe that'll god. be coming soon
0: well you already know i'm photographing okay <laughs> <laughs> i i love very beautiful um i love sharing those things with you mm-hmm. and can we just quickly share that we also have a, um, a deep connection with with one man
1: oh my god drake <laughs>
0: Mr. Aubrey Drake. <laughs>
1: I can't talk about him publicly.
0: Okay, then we will stay that. <laughs> right. Same. Actually, maybe it's better we continue the game. <laughs> Listen. All right. So, <laughs> the next question is: um, Okay, pulling this one. Have you changed your mind about anything recently?
1: Have I changed my mind about anything? Yes. Relationships. I've changed my mind on that. Um, Men are useless. I don't see the point of them. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely. Like I used to kind of see myself like really like being married and having a family and I definitely see myself like having a child. Mm. But for some reason, like it's hard for me to see myself like in a relationship, I guess.
0: You know, everything will come when it comes, and that is totally fine. If you do, if you don't, that's whatever you want, right? Yeah. Oh, best relationship is with yourself, right?
1: That's depressing. No, I'm, no, but I, I'm, like, I'm like,
0: no, I don't want to make this sense. No, i say that in, Oh, my God. I say that in the sense of, like, you know, like, to, like, give someone else part of you, you have to have that with yourself, right?
1: No, I want a man
0: no, I'm You're like Aubrey? <laughs> Aubrey, Aubrey. I can't. Uh, I have to ask you a question later about that. Um, <laughs> okay, next one I pulled. How do our personalities complement <laughs> each other? Uh <laughs> this is interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, we're very like similar in a way. Um, I think we have like a similar approach to things yes but I think I can almost like say things more unabashedly than you can I think you're a little bit more reserved than me
0: Ooh, that's interesting I've never heard someone tell me I'm reserved actually Mm -hmm. that's I
1: think so I think you can be like a little bit more thoughtful with your responses and I'm kind of just like you know like I say it how I feel in the moment
0: Well, thank you for that. But at the same time, like, I think, you know, yours is just as valid as me. I'm just Mm -hmm. very, like, I guess because I have a very poetic view. Yeah. (laughs) You care
1: more about, I think, what people, how people receive your words. And I think I kind of care less. Like, not in a bad way. If it's a point that I think needs to be made, I want to express it as authentically as possible. And that might not always be, like, the softest approach.
0: But that's fine, too. There's no right or wrong way, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for that. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this one is a little uh, deeper. And it's when you're asked how you, how are you, how often do you answer truthfully?
1: Hardly ever yeah hardly ever I mean you know like the go-to response like I'm good I'm good right I'm like literally never good <laughs> like I'm on like the verge of good but like it's always some shit going on
0: do you feel like even because for me I always say like you know you can pre- like exude and say oh I'm happy I'm happy but like no one ever 100% like happy right Like no mm-hmm. one is ever So even saying I'm good it's hard to tell Someone hey I'm not doing good Yeah why?
1: because why? then you have because then you have To go into the conversation about Why you're not good And I'm usually never in a place where I want To talk about that mm-hmm. and So I usually just like oh I'm good You know or I'll like be like I'm good But this is going on it's annoying but kind of like Glaze over it mm-hmm. um, And also like there are very few people that actually care you know like sometimes it's just like small talk so sometimes people are just asking you if you're good to just be pleasant and polite Mm -hmm. and not always really care about the actual answer
0: which is sad i think that's very also what i would call performative um friendships and i feel like you with your close friends you're able to have that wall and you know Mm -hmm. uh, break down that wall sorry and have that vulnerability vulnerability and openness um but it's also i think the person you talk to right like someone you know you could tell them you're not good the best response i think is either hey i'm here if you want to talk about it let me know if not that's fine too yeah i think people feed off wanting to know what's wrong when instead it's just like hey babe i'm here if you want to talk if you don't that's fine right yeah but there's so much going on, so much. It's hard to tell anyone. I don't think
1: anybody's like a hundred percent good or okay. No. I think like if you are, then like you're just maybe a little ignorant to kind of what's going on because everyone's yep. going through something right
0: now. I and everyone was going through something last year. Everyone was going through something ten years ago. It, right. It's, it's a it's an ongoing thing, and I think it's just about how you. Um, emphasize in how you value and how you you know shift the focus a bit because there's some things that are more crucial than others to focus on um, right but I agree with you what you're saying <laughs> um, so when was the last time you surprised yourself uh, Oh,
1: um, probably when I got my last deal like my last like brand deal It was like a very like a big major moment for me that I still haven't been able to share Mm -hmm. because like I'm still like in the contract phase. But it surprised myself because it's something that I manifested for about a good three to four years that I wanted to do and wanted to happen. And so when it presented itself to me and it actually came to fruition, it surprised me that like I manifested it. I worked hard towards that goal Mm -hmm. and solidifying myself to be able to be considered, and then actually achieving the goal. So that was really major for me.
0: Sean, I'm, you know, I'm always going to say this. I'm just really proud and happy for you, no matter what, always. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I'm excited. I'm, we're all here sitting like, <laughs> what is he going <laughs> to give us? What is he going to give us? Uh, <laughs> what's been your happiest memory this past year? What's some things that you, Sean, felt the happiest about this year?
1: Um, I would say honestly, like professionally, I've been the happiest I've been in a long time. Hmm. Like I'm, I feel like I'm doing what I love, um, consistently and like, I'm always stressed because you know, like running your own business and being like self-employed is stressful, but just kind of thinking about like where I, even where I was this time last year is just completely different and I've grown so much professionally and personally. And so I'm very proud of just how hard I've worked this year to achieve everything that I have and how I've not given up on myself. I'm very proud of that because it's easy to give up like when things are super hard, but also when you don't have a plan B (laughs) and or a plan C and your plan A like has to be it you know you really do kind of put the work in I think even extra hard
0: and you've shown up for yourself and that makes me the happiest so
1: and I actually feel like that this year like I feel like I actually have like shown up for myself you know there are still things of course I want to improve Mm -hmm. and do better in regarding like my business and just professionally but yeah it's like a big This year has been, like, really major for me in, like, a lot of
0: ways, for sure. Sean, I I love hearing that. It warms my heart. And I just, I'm so thankful the universe brought us together. I'm so thankful for just our chat and learning more about you. And I really do look forward to getting to know you on a deeper level. than Me too. Yeah, you're you're a great soul. And I, I just want you to know how loved you are. I really... Um, no matter what you're feeling—happy, sad, mad, or angry—I just want you to know how loved you are by me and by everyone around you. And I and I've always said that, and I will always continue to say that. Thank you. You're very welcome. So
1: I feel loved. <laughs> I definitely feel loved. I feel supported by my community, my supporters, the people that really um, just like show me unconditional support and love. Like that's super, super important and very like it's something I will never take for granted because honestly I feel like the like little community that I've been able to build on my social media like on Instagram and Twitter it really has like propelled me and pushed me to work even harder and to kind of just challenge myself to do more things so I definitely I feel the love um hopefully people feel that for me as well because I can be very like like, not expressive <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but um, I'm definitely, like, super appreciative of everything that... Just, every, like, all the love that people show me and, like, just... Look out for me. That's super important for me.
0: Yes. And I will er, I will really like say this again. You don't have to be gushy, gushy. Like, you know, I'm very gushy, gushy. Love, love, mm-hmm. love. And <laughs> you don't have to be that way to express how much you appreciate someone. So you're a rock star. You're a doll. <laughs> big, big, big doll energy. And I cannot wait to just have everyone listen to this and i'll i'll let you if you have any other words to go ahead and say if not we can we could close it off for closing remarks well no just um, <laughs> you like the memoir <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> in conclusion
1: no but i'm like i'm super grateful for you to share your platform with me yeah. always being so loving and gracious towards me and just being like a super inclusive and loving person authentically like it's not something that you have to um kind of work towards or force yourself to do like everything that you radiate as a person just feels authentic and it's vulnerable and it's loving and it's just comforting so thank you for sharing your platform with me i really hope everyone enjoys this chat Mm. Um, Black lives matter, Black trans lives matter, your life matters, my life matters. I think we all just need to protect each other and love each other and just put good energy out, look out for one another and not be so judgmental and nasty, you know, like we really do just kind of need to come from a place of love and acceptance and meeting people where they are. You know, I think that's a big lesson
0: for us this year. Thank you so much for everyone that sat with us and listened to Sean. A nice conversation. I hope you got to know Sean on another level that you didn't already. I'm so excited for Sean and all the beautiful things to come for him. Ugh. I'm so emotional, I'm so happy. Thank you. I look forward to chatting in the next episode. And until then, I just want you to know that you are so, so loved. Stay safe and please wear your masks. I love you.